welcome back to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casimo McLeod. Just make sure that my microphone, there we go, that might be a little bit clearer. My name is Casimo McLeod, and with me on the other side of my screen is Michael Van Dorsen, my co-host for this week. MVD, how are you? Have you been? And how good is the football at the moment? Casper, I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, there are some really good teams at the moment with regards to the football. There are some really poor teams at the moment in regards to the football. But overall, hey, what else can we say? Life's doing pretty well at the moment, isn't it? Yes, I absolutely agree with that. And it's great to have football back. Thank you, Queensland. Looking this... Okay, so to get this out of the way... Football, in case the listeners don't know, is about to go into a 20-day marathon starting tomorrow night with the Dogs and the Tigers. 20 straight day of football action, right? And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. 23 games in 20 days, Casper. Oh, Are you going to survive? I'm, I think I'm going to survive. I think I'm going to survive. I'm going to hog all like the computer screens and the TV for pretty much the entire 20-day period, though. Like, mum and dad won't be able to watch anything else. Um, Good luck. In, re- <laughs> in regards to that, though, uh, this will probably be the last episode of the podcast until the end of the 20-day sprint because it's going to be a nightmare trying to organize. I know, I know, I know, Aww. I know, I know, MVD, and I know listeners, I know. I know it breaks my heart too, but the it's people, just, The people want it, Casper. The people want it. I know, I know, and I promise we'll come back even bigger and even better on the other side of it, but... That means that this is going to be a little bit of a preview of the next four rounds of the next 20 days. But before we get to that, we have to discuss round eight, a little bit condensed, section one of the podcast, the best performing team in round eight. And I'll start this off. I think the best performance this week from any individual team, this might be a little bit controversial considering I actually know I was going to go with the Cats, but then I remembered St. Kilda on Saturday night. How good were the Saints? They were amazing. Everyone played just so brilliantly. And I remember Kane Corns when uh, Dougal Howard left Port Adelaide. I remember Kane Corns saying that Port Adelaide were going to regret that. They haven't thus far this season. Obviously, top of the ladder. It wouldn't be many things that you would regret. But he showed the power up on Saturday night. Paddy Ryder showed the power up on Saturday night. They were, it was a hostile welcome, as it always is, when uh, opposition players are playing against their old teams for the first time at their old home grounds. But they performed very, very well. And the Saints are awesome. The Saints are really, really good. They should be 7-1. and one. The Saints are marching on, and they will continue yep. to march on. I've been very impressed with how they're going. Um, I would have been very disappointed if you had a set along, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, because I definitely think Secure were the best-performed team of the weekend, although an honourable mention must go to Carlton. I am very impressed with both of these two clubs at the moment. Um, I think Brisbane's might been my best team for the season, but I'm liking what St Kilda and Carlton are doing at the moment, and both to come out with wins on the weekend. I'm very happy with that. Surprised neither of us said West Coast, to be honest with you. Because I was just thinking here, beating beating a fellow Premiership contender by 11 goals, kicking 18 goals, uh, what was it, 18 goals, three, having your big superstar forward kicking seven goals, the highest uh, total by any individual player thus far this season. 
pretty good weekend for the Eagles. Perhaps a little, a little bit stiff, but oh well. Uh, ex- West- we expect we expect we expect West Coast to play really That's good true. football at That's Optus true. Stadium. So therefore, for mine, not the biggest best performing team of the weekend. That's true. And keep in mind for those Eagles supporters listening. St Kilda up until last weekend had never won at the Adelaide Oval and now they've won mm. there twice in the space of five days. Six days? Five, yeah, six five, days? Yeah. Five or six days, which is incredible. So, yeah, absolutely well done to the Saints. Uh, the worst performing team in round eight, however, has to be Fremantle, right? Just to give a little bit of context for why they were so sucky, right? The lowest ever score. So sucky. The lowest ever score in Fremantle's history was 1713 in 2009 against the Crows. The Crows won by like 100 points. And that was the lowest score this century, right? Brisbane tried to beat it in 2018 when they scored 17 points, but still, it remains Fremantle 13. So the fact that they very nearly managed to beat that score and only managed to better it in the final three minutes of the game. It was, I remember watching that game and when all the Geelong players were signaling that it was touched, that last goal that the Dockers got, all the Geelong players were saying it was touched. I was looking at the screen going, please don't take this away from us. Don't take this away from us. Just please let us have this goal, please. It was a terrible game of football, and it was nearly a historically terrible night of football all round. The lowest aggregate score since the VFL became the AFL in 1990 was 58 points. This game was 64 points, and at three-quarter time, it was 36 points. So it was looking like it was heading that way for a long time. The Dockers' three points to halftime, I think, was the lowest halftime score of their history. It was just awful and I remember back to 2014 or so they were playing Brisbane and the only reason why I remember this is because it was the night that mum and I were traveling back to Melbourne from Dubai for the holidays and I remember we were staying with friends of ours who are Brisbane supporters and I was following the game on the way (laughs) to their house and Brisbane I think scored like a behind for the entire first half and it was like the lowest halftime score in like I can't even remember Mm. and I just remember thinking man how good are these Dockers that they concede only one point well they didn't do much better than that on 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 Sunday oh my goodness on Monday excuse me and Monday night you know Monday night more often than not Monday night is at least an interesting game this was not one of those games I flicked it on and I saw I saw the score then I saw what quarter it was in, and I was absolutely shattered. Yep. Seriously, just turned it quickly, quickly just turned it back off and just said, no. Nah. At one point, though, midway through the third quarter, it was, there was, a, there was an A-League soccer game going on at the same time, Central Coast Mariners versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Mm. Central Coast Mariners were up 1-0 against Fremantle. Wow. That's how bad it was going. Wow. They scored a goal in the 59th minute, which, if you work it out, would have been probably about midway through the third quarter. Yeah. So Central Coast Mariners won, Fremantle Dockers nil. Wow. Like, that was how bad they were going. Um, 
for mine, though, that wasn't the worst performing side of the weekend. It was, it was also played in torrential rain. We need to remember that. Yeah, that's true. So I'm giving them a little bit of an out. But yes, what was it? Two goals, four for the match. Yep. Give me a spell. Come on. My worst performing side is a team in black and white. Yep. Six nine forty five. You mentioned it before about uh, West Coast beating them by eleven goals. The biggest margin, I think, the biggest margin in the uh, season thus far. Um, it's the second, second biggest. Second, second biggest. Okay. I apologise for that, but I would say that is. That was disappointing. Yes, you lose Pendlebury, which we'll touch on probably a little bit later on. You lose Pendlebury at the start of the match, but no, nah, the best thing about it was the best thing about my weekend. <laughs> After Hawthorne losing, the best thing about my weekend was that Collingwood got smacked by eleven goals. Uh, so therefore, they get my worst performing worst performing side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And hi to all the Collingwood supporters out there. <laughs> Pendlebury is such a good player that you can kind of understand if, you know, uh, if, 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 cause I think Collingwood were favorites heading into this game. I might be wrong, but I think they were favorites. Mm. And so to see them losing this game in the manner that they did, it was disappointing. Had they lost by like 10 points or so, then you would probably call it an honorable loss. Cause it was so mm. close. Right. When you, everyone loves honorable losses. Everyone <laughs> loves honorable losses, especially the couple of honourable losses. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a couple of honourable <laughs> losses that Collingwood supporters have had in the last couple of September's, but um, yeah, <laughs> look, uh, it was it was absolutely incredible, and I think the Eagles took the gas, the the the, the foot off the throat, the gas, the foot off the pedal, the pedal wasn't to the metal. Um, in the it last quarter, in. they were they they they. Move the stick shift out of second gear into first gear. I don't know how many other terrible metaphors. Yeah, into neutral. I don't know how however many more terrible metaphors I can find. But they it was they kind of stopped in the last quarter. The Eagles they allowed Collingwood to kind of come back into it. It was looking like it was going to be ninety plus for most of the second and third quarters. So it just the West Coast Eagles look incredibly scary. Um, I'm gonna move. But they're gonna to have to travel. They're gonna to have to travel again, and uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sold. On, I'm still not sold on them. I'll be honest. I'm still not sold. Oh, on okay. Them. What? As in, like for for the premiership? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yep. I've got some out there thoughts, but I'm sure we can talk about that a little bit later. Interesting. Interesting. I'm very interested to hear who you think is going to win the premiership. But we'll go on to the biggest surprise first of the weekend. Um. Hmm. The biggest surprise I'll go with mine while you're thinking, yeah. while you're getting your thoughts together. My biggest surprise was the goal kicking. Mm-hmm. Bit of a slightly different one, but to see, uh, what was it, 18 goals, three over at uh, Optus Stadium for West Coast and St Kilda. 12 goals, one. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry, I've never heard of a side kicking 12 goals, one more in my life. They had 13 shots on goal. Port Adelaide, six goals, eight. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's 14 shots on goal. And they win, uh, yes. and, St. Kil- and St Kilda win by 29 points with having one less shot at goal. Yep. At one point it was 11-2, but then they realised, oh, hang on a second, Tim Embry kicked that fly- that uh, goal of the year. Yeah. And so it oh. went to 12 goals one. Incredible. So uh, I'm 
the goal kicking, oh, and even North, I mean, North went down by seven points, but they kicked nine goals three. Yep. Like, there are some teams that have really got goal kicking boots on. I'm not taking Fremantle's two goals four because that doesn't count. <laughs> um, but yeah, the th- to have three sides kicking one, two, or one, and then two sides kicking three behinds for a game, I don't care if we're playing 16 minute quarters. That is a darn good effort. And yep. congratulations to the goal kicking coaches. Yep. Yes, I know North Melbourne lost, um, but they still, to kick straight, it makes for a better spectacle of the game, doesn't it? Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that. It's inter- I've read an interesting fact. I think it was on Fox Sports that said that it's St Kilda kicking one behind was the first time that a team had kicked one behind in a game since 1900. Yes, I did hear something about that too. No team has gone through without kicking a behind. So it's mm-hmm. the equal lowest amount of behinds kicked in a game. Yep. But yeah, yep. first time in, yeah, goodness knows how long. Yep. So it was about seven months before the Federation of Australia happened. Oh, well, there you go. And So back was... in what? March? No. no. But it mean about June or July, 1900. June, July, 1900. Yeah. yeah. And Back when was... they actually played real football. Yeah. In the wet and all that oh, sort of stuff. I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was a fine, <laughs> sunny afternoon. Um... <laughs> well, the way you're growing that beard of yours, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. i tell you what other game I remember. There was another game, 1897, the first season of the actual VFL. The first season. This is, good. is this the Essendon Premiership? It was the Essendon Premiership. Yep. Of and course I you remember it. You, yeah, well, I bet you as a Hawthorne supporter would also remember that. Um, but yeah, that's how successful we were. We've been winning premierships since before Hawthorne was even a thing in the VFL. But yes. there you go. But then 1925 came and the best team of the modern era came out. Uh, we're, the most, we're the most successful side in the modern era. That's true. Hey, how about this for a story? Um, a former Hawthorne premiership player during that original great era of the club in the 80s and early 90s come out and said that the Hawks were cheating the salary cap from 86 to 91. Interesting, isn't it? Um, Very interesting indeed. I have no idea. Obviously, I look at it and go, this is a very interesting thing and why is it coming out now? Obviously, everyone who was a part of it's passed away. Don Scott said on that podcast um, that he got himself... Mike Sheen, Sam Newman, all famous for saying all the wrong things. Um, look, it is what it is, to be perfectly honest. I can't, you can't defend it because you don't know any facts. So I'm just going to say it is what it is. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think the AFL will do anything about it either. Yep. It's, it's what, 30, well, I'm 32, 34 years ago. Yeah, it's so long. So... It's that long ago. It's not like yeah. it's the Melbourne Storm where it actually happened the year after and they dr- drag the premierships off them then. It won't happen. It's a pretty much a non-story, but because there's no football being played in Melbourne, it's a big story. Mm. And as much yeah. as Billy Brownless can keep sooking, from tri- uh, keep sooking and baking Hawthorne as much as he likes, it's just sad that he could never, could never win one himself. Ooh, burn. Hear that, Billy? So-called King of Geelong? Um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, brown list, more like premiership medal list. Oh, oh snap. 
I told my dad about that story and he got really excited for a second. And then I told him, unfortunately, it doesn't include the 1983 premiership. And then he became very sad. Um, but yeah, look, it's interesting. Again, I, I do think it's, 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 it is too long ago to do anything about it. Um, and any Geelong supporters who cry foul, uh, don't forget that your team was trailing, I think, by like 44 points in that game. They had plenty of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. any any Melbourne supporters who claim that, oh, well, what about the 1988 grand final? You guys lost by just under 100 points. Sorry, you weren't yeah, exactly. going to win that game. Even if even if Hawthorne had like two or three of their stars missing because they could pay them or whatever, you weren't going to win that game. 1987, Jim Stein still ran through the mark to give Buckingham the goal. Yeah. kick. Yeah. No, that was 88. Was that 88? 87. 87, I was right, yeah. Yeah. yeah Hawthorne lost right. that one to Essendon, though. But... Uh, you lost that to Carlson. Gee, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slipping. <laughs> we, I'm were, really we, were 84, we were 84, 85. And I remember that because in 84, we kicked... Because you were born then. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. We kicked nine goals in the last quarter, and then we betted that the next year when kicking 11 goals in the last quarter. And I always remember that last shot of Lee Matthews getting carried off the ground and bawling his eyes out. He's gotten a couple of... Uh, um, he's gotten one up on us since, taking Collingwood to the Premiership in 1990 and then Brisbane in 2001, mm-hmm. but still, we hold 85 and 2002 and, and 2003. Yeah, that's true. At least we weren't in 2002, 2003. Take that, Collingwood supporters. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Quick major, before the Collingwood supporters turn off. <laughs> major, major talking points. Don't worry, Collingwood. We're moving on from trash-talking Collingwood to trash-talking Hawthorne. Right. So, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but in after round two, when Sean Burgoyne sling-tackled Dangerfield. Yep. Right, we had a discussion about whether or not he should have been suspended. He wasn't. He was given a fine. And the AFL brought in rule changes to try to stamp that out. Right? And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you saying something like, you know, it should be fine because the hand was technically free, so he could have supported himself. Now he's in the news again, Burgoyne, for yet another sing tackle on row bottom of the Swans, and he was once again given a fine by the MRO. Now, 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 right. I said in uh, in the round two review that this was a perfect opportunity for the AFL to stamp this type of action out. It was a perfect opportunity to do that. And yet, <laughs> they whiffed on the opportunity, and I thought that it wasn't necessarily going to be Burgoyne, but someone was going to do that again. And when they were going to get suspended, they could have used the Burgoyne incident as like, a, oh, well, what about Sean? Why didn't Silk get suspended, right? Now, here is my problem, right? Burgoyne had... <laughs> I Burgoyne had his chance right, to, 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 to learn, right, and I guess, you know, it's kind of difficult because you don't know whether or not the player has the ball still, but just don't do that second action, just don't do the swinging part, surely it's not that difficult, and now, 
thankfully for him, Robottom got up and continued playing. I don't think there's any problems with him on the injury front. But then the AFL again whiffs on the opportunity to suspend him. Now, I want your opinion on this. What is the AFL doing? By the letter of the law, and I'm saying this very measuredly because I know people start yelling at their radios going, he's a Hawthorne supporter. Don't worry about it. By the letter of the law, it is not a sling tackle. I am, I've literally just re-looked at it and I'm looking at it going, because I don't actually remember watching it. I, I watched the game, but I don't remember seeing it live, personally. I was probably more frustrated with someone, something else that happened in the game. Needless to say, I don't see that as a sling tackle. The sling tackle's in one motion where you're slinging them over your body. It didn't look great, I'll be honest. But at the same time, I don't think it was under the sling tackle rule. Disagree with me. Go on. I can see you want to. (laughs) Okay. In which case then, in order to protect the head, right? Because ever since the findings on polypharma came out earlier this year, and there's been movement around the world in contact sport to, to stamp out concussion. And Nat Fife has said that out of all the injuries that he's had, it's concussion that he's really afraid of in terms of the long-term effects of it. Should the AFL then move to stamp out any action that results in someone's head hitting the turf, right? Sling tackle or not, if you tackle someone and their head hits the deck, you get a week off minimum. What do you think of that? Yeah, that that could work. Again, I'm going back having a look. I reckon first contact with the ground was his shoulder. I seriously don't. I think the motion as he's hit the ground, it's his his shoulders hit the ground, and then he's like that whiplash sort of moment. But I don't see how you can justify every time you tackle someone I agree we need to protect the head. 100% we need to protect the head. And I'm not putting in a, a staunch defense of my own team because there's something up that will come up later on and they'll, we'll go into more detail in regards to what's going on at Hawthorne. But I honestly don't think... I think it's an aggressive tackle. It's hit his shoulder on the ground. I don't think that if we're starting to, for what of a better phrase, pussyfoot around and take these strong tackles out of the game, we're not going to have a game that everyone loves out there. Everyone's going to be sitting there and all that sort of stuff. Um, just looking at it going, it. I, I understand that we need to be careful of the head because we do, and it's not going to happen anyway. Um, there are going to be issues that come up and all that sort of stuff. I don't think this was. A, I think, I don't. I don't think that this was was as bad. I'll put it this way. I don't think this one was as bad as Dangerfield's. No, me neither. So therefore, no, he shouldn't have been suspended. If we're going in in simple terms. Interesting. Dangerfield's was Dangerfield's was more of a sling. Yeah. This one was more of a strong tackle. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Happy with that? 
no, but I'll t- <laughs> look. <laughs> you're, you're asking a Hawthorne supporter about a Hawthorne issue. Yeah, okay, good one. And I'm, yeah. But I'm not that one-eyed. See, I've no, got four of them on. Look, <laughs> look, right, I get what you're saying, right, and I can see where you're coming from, but someone's going to get seriously hurt if the AFL doesn't move to stamp this out. That's just what I'm going to say. Someone's going to get Yep. No, I, I just, I don't disagree with you. And I don't like the sling tackle at all. But if we, if we knuckle down and find out what a sling tackle actually is, I would think you would find that this one isn't actually a sling, sling tackle. And if it was a sling tackle, I'd be the first one to say, hang on a second, he's in trouble here. Yep, fair enough. Uh, speaking of I'd be more interested. I'd be more interested to talk about the uh, the players coming up and, and ruffling the other players that aren't in a contest coming up to ruffle people's hair and, and then get free kicks given against them. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean the Tom Papley? Yeah. Are, you, are you saying the Tom Papleys of the world get a Casper? Is that what you're telling me? Okay. <laughs> Am let's, I allowed to go on a tangent about that one? <laughs> let's let's okay let's let's discuss this right. Um, there was an incident in 2019 where Liam Ryan took the mark of the year on Max Gorn. And while Gorn was on the ground, right, recovering from having the highlight of the season taken on him, Nathan Vardy came up to him and, like, ruffled his head, right? Ruffled his hair, like, pat him on the back. Very, very, very sarcastic and all that. And a lot of people saw that as not in the spirit of the game. I think that's fair enough, right? When you have – when you get – when you concede a goal or you – get a specky taken on you or whatever it might be you know it's i don't think you don't need it yeah it's not needed no i i agree however however i also don't think that it's needed for what frawley did and what pittard in the north melbourne carlton game did to then come in and shove a player over that's unnecessary it's unnecessary and sinclair I'll admit, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. What, what did Sinclair do? Sinclair, very quickly after Frawley put Papley on his backside, mm. Sinclair came in and put Frawley on his backside. Right, okay. And the umpo- and and if you go back and have a look at it, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Hawthorne fan. I'm actually, Nick Rewald actually brought it up on the coverage, and he said, if you're going to pay one, pay the other. But for some reason, at this point in time, it's coming into the game where this taunting is coming into it. I don't want to turn around and be like American football or college. I think it's college football in America where you get flagged for taunting. Yeah. Like the players and all that sort of stuff. The wide receiver goes running into the goal backwards because look at me, I've got the ball, you haven't, nah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. They get flagged for, uh, flagged for taunting. I don't believe it happens in the NFL, but I know that they, they, they take too kindly of it to it. For one, Papley screaming in the face of a Brownlow medalist does not look good. Yes, I don't agree with what with what James Frawley did. I think that was terrible, but he was sticking up for his teammate. I don't agree with what Pittard did, and to think that someone suggest, in the media suggested that uh, Murphy flopped. Well, don't get me started on that because when you're getting shoved from point blank range and you've got no idea where it's coming from, then I don't think you can call that a flop at all. Yeah, exactly. And I just don't, don't agree- do it anyways. Just, just, just exactly. don't do it. Don't, and and this whole thing, and even to the point, and it comes into the point of encroaching, like you've given away the free kick, the ball is on the ground, 
you're standing on the mark and you're standing over the player on the mark and not letting them up. Where's the 50-meter penalties coming in? It's all in the same sort of boat at the moment. Yes, okay, Clarko's been told off and uh, players have, what is it, clubs have been issued with um, memo today saying, don't talk about the umpiring. They don't, we get paid, we can get paid to do this. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yep. But at the same point, <laughs> like the umpiring at different times at the moment has been Sucks. disappointing. Disappointing, I think is probably, the, we're not angry, we're just disappointed. Yep. <laughs> we'll go with it that way. Because seriously, it, it's been, they're picking up different things. They're picking up some things. They're not picking up others. It all comes down to it. And, it's, and it, everyone's talking about the spectacle of the game. It's not helping when you've got no idea what the rules are as a spectator. Yep. One minute, you grab the ball, you get tackled, and it's holding the ball all within the space of two seconds. The next minute, you grab the ball, you bring it in, you do a 360, you're still being held on to, you, you scuff a kick away. Oh, you got his kick, play on. Really? Yeah. So I know I've gone on to a, from, from diving or intimidatory stuff to uh, umpiring and all that sort of stuff, but I think it all is in part of it. If you're going to be, you've just got, all we ask for is consistency. Yep. Consistency from decision to decision. Consistency from game to game, and consistency from from player to player. Yep. As well, like if someone tries to fend you off, and your name's D Martin, you and you get get caught with the ball. Oh wait, you can still get the kick away. If you're if you try and defend uh, push off someone, and you name someone like I don't know Jay Sicily, you're going to be done for holding the ball every single day of the week. Yep. <clears throat> Yep. It's not rocket surgery in regards to it. Yeah, I agree with that. And, yep, I totally Sorry. agree. We are not angry. I'll calm down now. No, that's okay. We're not angry. We're just disappointed. Now, raise the rate, go to your room and think about what you've done. Now, um, yep, I agree. Umpiring has been terrible. And there has been a lot of lopsided free kick counts this year. A lot of them. And it's not even home Look, ground advantages because half of the club, if- half of the clubs aren't even playing at home anymore. If the free kick counts are there, that's fine. I, I'm not expecting an even free kick count every day of the week because at, you look at it nine times out of ten, you can pick more free kicks out for one side than the other. I, I feel like I'm fairly objective in regards to the games that I watch. But at the same time, if it's, a, if it's a lopsided free kick count and that's impacting the game, that's where it becomes the issue, in my opinion. Yep. Yep, that's fair. Do you want me to just leave and give us no. a little bit of time? For us to kill? <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we should, however, come back to Hawthorne. Uh, yes. This is arguably the lowest point in Alistair Clarkston's coaching career since 2005. Right, 2005, they had a pretty terrible season. But then, ever since then, it's been pretty good. You know, a lot of roses, a lot of rainbows, a lot of premierships, lots of, you know, Norm Smiths and all that. Uh, but there's a problem now at Hawthorne. And losing four in a row, it's not just the four in a row, it's who they've lost to and how they've lost, right? Crushed by the Giants, crushed by Collingwood, 
Now, granted, Collingwood still one of the premiership contenders. GWS have been very disappointing so far this year. You'd expect a team with Burgoyne, Smith, Sicily, uh, O'Meara, Mitchell to at least compete and be, you know, at least kind of level pegging with the Giants. Uh, and then to lose to the Swans, who I think I read somewhere are on average two years younger than them. Now, Clarko, the last time he came out and complained about the umpiring, it's all gone downhill from, <laughs> from there for them. And now he's come out and he's done it again. Um, so what, I expect the Hawks to next win their, to win a game next in what, round 15? Round 16? 2021? 20, yeah, 2021. Um. <laughs> There's a problem at Hawthorne, and I can't put my finger on why. Because you look at the list of players that they have, and they should be better than what they are. I agree. I completely agree. First, Giants, Collingwood, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. They're the three sides before this weekend that we lost to. Played at Giants Stadium. Yeah. For some goodness knows what reason, cannot play Giants Stadium. Where Hawthorne are 0-6 there in their career, in the career there. 0-6 at, at a venue. That's disgraceful. And considering you played three games there in a row, I we went to Sydney and I, and I was hoping that... I'm like, ah, it's okay. We're playing Sydney at the SCG. We should be okay. No problem. Looked okay for the first first half. But then that double goal from Papley killed any sort of momentum that we had. Surely you can't like, blame look, the double goal. I'm, sh- I'm, not, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. No, no, I'm not blaming the double goal. I'm saying that killed the momentum that that we had. And they yeah. looked a completely different side after halftime. And all that sort of thing. I don't know what it is. Can't seem to find a target up forward. Can't take a mark in the forward 50. Uh, and I really, I'm just, I, we're not the, I'm not the only one. I know that for a fact. I've seen Hawthorne posts this week that have sat there and gone, oh, well, there goes 2020. We might as well come back to 2021. And I don't like talking about that because I think that's disgraceful from supporters. Um, don't give up on a season. But at the same time, they're not playing a, a stylish brand of football. I'd much rather be watching Haw- uh, Brisbane, St Kilda, Carlton. Um, Gold Coast. Which would be good because I, wa- I get to watch Carlton this weekend. Um, <laughs> but like... But you get what I'm saying. Like these guys are playing in uh, some really, really good football at the moment. Fifty-four point three percent disposal efficiency for the match against Sydney on the weekend. Fifty-four point three. Now Sydney only had sixty-nine point six, but at the same time, really, yeah. What is going on at the moment? Like there's something. Like we actually won the clearances. We won the hitouts. We won. We won all the other different things. We even won contested possession that that sits there and people are sitting there going, "Hang on a second, Hawthorne con- winning contested possession." Like it make it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Couldn't hold on to the ball, and I know it was a bit of a wet day as well, but couldn't hold on to the ball. Our biggest league was fourteen points at the in in the second quarter, and I, I honestly don't know what there is what it is. Um, I'm trying to find where is it? Marks inside fifty three. 
We've had 53 for the total for the year. Wow. Averaging seven or 6.6 marks a game inside 50. Field marks, 40. Normally, Hawthorne's really good with their field marking. I'm like, really? And for a side that doesn't have a, a, tar, a tall target, Sydney took six marks inside 50 on Saturday. That's my biggest issue at the moment. Like someone said, I mean, yes, we're talking about a seven-point loss. But yes, uh, and I saw something that said, remember when Mitch Lewis was supposed to be the next saviour of Hawthorne because he was that far up forward? I think, I think also um, Mitch Lewis, I remember the hype around him was the fact that his name is obviously a combination yeah. of two of your previous... Sam superstars. Mitchell and Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, you, you guys badly need them on the park at the moment. Um, oh. Yeah. Should the Hawks in, uh, embark on a rebuild? Officially say to their veterans, say to Sean Burgoyne, right, this is your last year, trade Poopolo, get rid of Henderson... And keep Henderson's Smith. been playing really good. <laughs> Puopolo, I don't mind. I I would have liked to have seen Burgoyne go through again, go again next year to get to 400 games because I think he's got the talent and he knows how to play the game. He's playing some really good football still, from what I understand. Puopolo, I think, won't make it. Henderson, try, uh, I like the look of Henderson. Henderson plays with his heart on his sleeve and does a fantastic job. I just don't know whether or not... I mean, what are we at the moment? We're 15th at the moment. We get the fourth pick in the draft. Like, I don't... I can see us... I can still see us beating Adelaide, North Melbourne, Fremantle. No, we've already played North Melbourne, haven't we? So we're not playing them again. Correct. Um, I'd like to think we'd beat Carlton on the weekend, but who knows what that's going to do. Um, so look, I don't know if it's so much of a rebuild as I, I think, yes, maybe a first round draft pick would be handy this year. Yep. But at the same time, I'm not sure whether or not we'll get it. Yep. That's fair. Whether or not we trade to get trade into the draft or trade up higher. What's Adelaide got that we, I mean, what can we get out of Adelaide? Yeah, that's a good point. So, I don't know, Brad Crouch sounds like he's on the market. Might be handy. Yeah, that's true. But with how he's played so far this year, would you really want him? Yeah. With a few of those players who've played this year, I don't think <laughs> Adelaide's had, a, a had <laughs> I think Adelaide's been getting a fair blowtorch blow on them. So, that's a good point. I don't know. But, like, but I don't know if there's a bigger problem at Hawthorne. I'd like, yes, Clarko's been there since, what, 2004? just happens to coincide with the fact I was at school when Hawthorne was playing terrible and I've gone back to the same school to work and they've gone terrible again. There you go. Funny how things start- work in roundabouts. Yeah, I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend here. MVD. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my <laughs> fault. Sorry to all the Hawthorne fans out there. Um, no, uh, but it's at the same time, it, in, in a lot of ways, it does go in roundabouts. And yes, yeah. Hawthorne have been so good for so long. But what has yeah. it been? 16 years yeah. since Clarko's been at the club? Yeah, okay, we're about to come down. Look, Essendon, you guys had Kevin Sheedy for how long? 26 years, 27 years. And then what happened? We got, Michael, looking for your we, first we got Matthew final. Knights. <laughs> You're still looking for your first final in what, 5,800 5, days? Yeah, 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 all right, all right, all right. 
Thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm just no, I'm just I'm just saying, but it, it happens. You stay yeah. up for so long and then all of a sudden something's bound to give. Yeah. Look, unfortunately and look at we're just Exactly. We're just starting to find out how the other half live at the moment. And look, if if we have to go through a couple of couple, uh, that sounds very chauvinistic. Or We've very, started um, to know how those football peasants feel. Oh, look at us! Ooh. That sounds very posh of me. This must be um, how those Melbourne supporters feel when they go out. Except to the we ski don't have. Ex except we don't have the cheese and wine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the ski fields are still closed this year. Uh, <laughs> well, they're closing. So closing. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, but let's yeah. Uh, we should like, discuss. I don't. I feel like every time I come on, I feel like every time I come on here, I talk about Hawthorne. I feel <laughs> bad for the listeners. <laughs> let's let's okay. Let's talk about the other teams that suck this year. Uh, who's going to win the wooden spoon? <laughs> Adelaide. Yeah, should be. You would think. Adelaide. Um, congratulations. We'll uh, mail over a wooden spoon on behalf of the through the Banner Podcast team. <laughs> their first. Um, their first. Their first wooden spoon in the competition. I don't think they've Actually, ever. Can we do that? That would be. That'd be funny. That'd be. That'd be. <laughs> put us on the map. We'll send them this this segment right here when we trash talk them. Uh, hi, Tex. Hi, Tex Walker. Hope you're listening to this. Um, but no. Hey, Rory uh, Sloan. Yeah, Rory Sloan. Um, Matthew Nix needs some help, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. He's been thrown in the deep end. But let me throw in a dark horse candidate for the wooden spoon. I don't think it's really a dark horse considering they're currently 17th on the ladder. But North Melbourne. Um, I thought they're better than that. I thought they're better than what they're doing. They are playing. If, they, play, they play the Crows this weekend. And on form, you would be almost not crazy to tip the Crows. Nah, it's at Metricon and... Adelaide only played well because they were playing at home last week. Oh, and they had crowd think? behind them. That's exactly what I think. <laughs> I'm picking North Melbourne. There's an early tip for you. I'm picking North Melbourne. The one I had, the dark horse I had was Fremantle. Yeah, I don't think the Dockers have actually been, I mean, with the exception of the game against Geelong, I don't think the Dockers have actually been that bad. I mean, no, yeah, they sure. They, the big loss against West Coast, comfortable loss against Port, Big loss against Geelong. But have a look at where those teams are on the ladder, right? If they find a way to lose games, which they shouldn't. Yeah. Yet again, they won against what, the Saints. That's why, that's what, yeah. Well, that's true too. Hmm. Could, I mount a, could we mount a case for the GWS? Or is that just blasphemy? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Big call. You, no, know no, no. you know I've had them as my premiership tip for a long time. And I'm starting to go off that, but I still wouldn't say wooden spooners. Wow. I was just looking at the ladder and I said it. That's all. <laughs> now, nah, Adelaide, Adelaide, I think I've got that sewn up. Yep. I think you get a dollar five for them. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, you might still you get a little bit of value. You mentioned premiership contender. You aren't sold on the Eagles. Uh, who no, do you have definitely not. Lifting up the premiership cup, where right. the grand final is going to be held. Can I give you? Can I give you four? Go for it. Well, at least I'll give you three to start with. And three yeah. are probably going to be... You'll probably sit there and go, yeah, they're fair, of course. My three, Port Adelaide, mm -hmm. Brisbane, mm -hmm. St Kilda. Hmm. Okay. And I don't think they're premiership, but I reckon they'll play finals. Gold Coast. 
how 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 deep do they go? Second week. They win it. Do they win a final? Yeah, I reckon there'll be a final at Metricon. Wow. I reckon they'll and I reckon they'll win that. I reckon they'll win an elimination final at Metricon. How about that? Oh, that would be amazing. It would be so great for the competition. As the away team. <laughs> As the away team. <laughs> Look, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible that game might be played in Brisbane if they're the away team and they can't travel into state. Who knows? They could play that game up in Cairns. We don't know. Yeah, they could do that too. Um, yeah, that would be great for the game, though, if the Suns win a final. Uh, okay, I think for me at the moment, the premiership is between... I'm not convinced on Port Adelaide just yet because of who they've lost to, right? They've lost to Brisbane yep. comfortably and they've got comfortably beaten by the Saints at home. Not a good loss when you lose to, this, to someone uh, at home by that much. Uh, so Brisbane at the moment for me, number one. And West Coast have convinced me enough that they should be, I reckon, second favorites for the flags. They are awesome at the moment. Dogs are too inconsistent. Um, Collingwood, too many injuries. Richmond, who have they beaten? Really, they beat Melbourne, whoop-de-doo. They beat Sydney. Ooh, I'm so scared. Hey, they lost to Hawthorne. They lost to Hawthorne. Oh, no, I'm so scared. They lost, you know, right. they lost to all these teams, and they haven't beaten anyone yet. So that's why I can't trust the Tigers. Uh, righto. I'll give you my top eight, as it stands right now. And don't okay. play this back to me. Don't play this back to me at the end of the season. Okay, I promise I won't. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Port Adelaide? Yep. Brisbane? Yep. St Kilda? Mm-hmm. Dogs? Yep. Carlton? Yep. Essendon? Yep. West Coast? Yep. Gold Coast? I like it. I like it. Hmm. I originally had I originally had Essendon in uh, fifth, but I changed it because I realised that you're an Essendon supporter and I said that the Gold Coast were going to winning the home elimination uh, oh, final that. at So you. I've got them knocking Carlton out for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So, that. so that means no Richmond, no Collingwood, no GWS. Ooh, no Geelong either. No Geelong and Geelong to drop right out because they're currently, call. what, third? They are currently Yeah, that's third. a big call. It's a big call. And it's a big call because... Injuries. Six... Yeah. And they've got no injury. Ruckman. Yeah, that's true. Their Ruck situation is bad. But, but, but they... The last decade, they've been the best home and away t- team, right, across the entire decade. And they've only missed finals once since 2007, which was 2015, right? So they are very consistent, which is why I think they, they make are. it. They won't make the top four, but I think they're going to make it. My top four, Brisbane, number one, Port, second, the Eagles in third, I know I just said that the dogs are going to, aren't consistent enough yet, but just wait. They'll go on a run in a second. The dogs in fourth. The Saints in fifth. Uh, mm, Bombers in sixth. Cats in seventh. And eighth. This is hard. This is really, really hard. Uh, You've got three or four teams ready to go, eh? Yeah, I could. No, I'd say Gold Coast as well. Why not? Congratulations, Gold Coast. You make the finals for the first time ever. Um, and I think the first time that any Gold Coast professional sports team has actually made the postseason in any professional sports since the Titans in 2016. But this isn't rugby league, so the Titans can get out of here. 
moving on. Is yep. there a discipline problem at Essendon? We have got to stop hitting guys in the head. And I didn't think that I would have to say this, but we have to stop doing it. Right? Hit your own gotta, players in the head. Just, gotta put, just Knock your head put the elbow, put the elbow down. Just put the elbow down close to the body, right? Run like this with the elbows close to the body so that you don't just stop it, right? We're losing players. Langford's out for a week. It's um, when, we're up, when we're recording this podcast, it hasn't been announced yet whether or not Essendon will challenge that, I don't think. But Dylan Shield is coming back this week after nearly knocking Curtis Taylor unconscious. Kyle Langford, I can't even remember which Adelaide player he knocked out. They all look the same to me. They're all so young and all so terrible. Um, that's a bit unfair. But still, yeah, it's just we just got to stop. We just got to stop it. We just got to just put the elbows into the body. Yeah. Plus, you've got uh, Fantasia out with a calf. Laverde out with a syndesmosis injury. Um, Apple. Apple. Danaher. Uh, Stringer. Hooker, actually, can I get this? Can I take Essendon out of my top eight? <laughs> I didn't realize. With all due respect, I didn't realize that injury list was just as long as what it was. Oh, Look, thank goodness you got McDonald, Tip, and Woody in that side still. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Look, right. People can talk trash about how we've nearly lost to like four of the worst five teams in the competition at the moment, but looking at the injury list that we have, can you really right, we'll blame us? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, honest, honestly, I don't know if there's. A, I don't. Yeah, I haven't. Haven't really looked into Essendon. I didn't actually see the incident that you're talking about, um, in regards to it. So, I can't really. You didn't miss much. It was elbow plus head equals ouch. Well, that's a uh, that's a fair summation there. Uh, Albert Einstein, <laughs> not e, e equals MC squared. It's elbow. What was it? Elbow e, plus head equals ouch. E plus H equals L. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking um, of E plus H equals L, Tom Hawkins suspended tonight for an errant elbow um, in the match against Fremantle yesterday. One match ban. This is a problem. This is becoming a problem for Geelong. So, yeah, not good. Not good at yep. all. He's just got to control that anger. You know, I don't know what, I don't know, maybe try meditation, um, deep breathing, try like, um, yeah, try, I don't know, stamp collecting, mm. whatever people do to <coughs> relax. Stamp <Yeah>, collecting. <laughs> just, you know, just, I don't know, paint something, um, get get like a Zen garden, um, get like koi fish in a pond, like whatever people do Listen to, to relax. this podcast. Yeah, listen to this podcast and listen to how much we're trash talking you. Just, just relax. Just take it. I've been told. I've, I've been told I, my voice puts people to sleep. So, there's the thought. <laughs> Maybe just like release an album of like you like reading out stories or something like that, and just send it to Tom Hawkins and be like, "Hey, when you when match you, review, yeah, match big re- cat band for stray elbow lately." Oh boy, hurry up, get me. <laughs> I think it's almost bedtime for me. <laughs> Where I'm going. Right. Wait, we got 30, 33 games in 20 days. We Come do. on, I've got to we fire got up. It. We got it. We, we've talked far too long without getting into round nine. So we'll breathe through the uh, goal review system. Uh, is it broken? Nope. 
me neither. I don't think so. I watched, look, I right, think the Essendon that, Adelaide sorry. game. Sorry, no, go you on. go. No, 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 you go, you go. All right. So to see the, uh, um, for, to be perfectly honest, and I'm using this as an example because it was fantastic the way it was done. The, um, the goal of the year from Tim Membry. Yeah. Ball's gone up. He's thrown his, who would have thought that he'd throw his boot up at it? It could be a case made for kicking in danger, but that rule's yeah. gone out with the, with every other rule that's gone out, so I'm not going to go into that anymore. Yeah. Uh, whoever the player was, I can't remember whoever it was, knocked the ball, threw the points. The umpire, the goal umpire has signaled touched. No problem, given it one behind. Someone in their infinite wisdom has decided to inter- intercede and say, hang on, I think we need to relook at this. And to their credit, the defender... The Port Adelaide defenders only knocked the ball onto Membry's foot for a goal. Now, tell me that's not that's a broken system. I Good think point. they're doing a fantastic job. Yep. Good point. You go with yours. Sorry, I interrupt. No, no, no. I totally agree with that. And look, right, watching the Essendon Adelaide game, there were several goal reviews during that match, and every single one of them was correct. Every single one of them was correct. Every single one of them was super quick, super efficient. You know, it was done in like 15 seconds or so. It was great. It was fantastic. You know, and every single system is going to have a couple of blips. But yeah, uh, speaking of which, I'm drinking out of a uh, out of a plastic water bottle at the moment, 1.5 liters. Um, this is currently filled with all the sweat that I was sweating while watching that Essendon Adelaide game. Uh, <laughs> in the last last 15 minutes yeah absolutely so i'm just trying to, currently trying to rehydrate myself <laughs> not to right, losing no that problem. much water um okay so but seriously hey they've still got issues with the decision review system in cricket they've still got issues with the decision review system in tennis therefore don't keep trying to change things because yep. it ain't broke don't fix it yep i agree um and soccer i don't watch soccer but all my soccer friends tell me that the um God, what's it called? VAR system that they have as yes. a joke. Yes. Um, I've watched a couple of American football games and they think that their review system is a joke. So yeah, look, right. It's going to have a couple it's of blips. It's not an exact science. It's going to have a couple of blips. Just hope to God it doesn't happen in the grand final. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, Moving on. It came, in, it came in because Tom Hawkins smashed it into the post. Yeah, that's true. Moving on. Round uh, now, as we mentioned before, uh, four rounds in 20 days or so. As such, we shall preview the first two rounds because I think it's ludicrous to try to predict what's going to happen four weeks, four games, three three or four games from now. So instead, we'll preview round nine and round 10 and also look at which team is actually going to come out of this shortened uh, sprint of games the best, ready for the marathon at the end of the season. Round nine starts on Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, the Bulldogs and the Tigers at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast. I have the dogs by 10 points. I haven't actually put these tips down. Uh, I haven't written them down yet, so I'm coming off with them on the top of my head on the fly. But the dogs by 10 points simply because of how uh, how it's their victories have been more impressive. Their form coming into this game is more impressive. Granted, their losses have been worse, but the dogs better form, less injuries, therefore the dogs will win. Uh, yeah, I think I've gone with the dogs too, um, by a similar margin, I do believe. 
Uh, just give me a second because I'm just trying to work that out. But I can give you the team lineups if you like here, Casper. Go for it. Uh, two, two changes for the doggies. Sam Lloyd and Toby McLean come in. Kellen yep. Porter, who goes out injured with Lockie Young omitted. Congratulations to Caleb Daniel, who plays game number 100. Jack McRae playing game number 150. And Bailey Williams playing game 50 for the doggies. For Richmond, four changes. Omitted. Daniel Rioli, Jack Graham, Patrick Nash, and Nick Floston goes out injured with his calf. In comes Jack Ross, Oleg Markov, Sydney Stack, and... Trent Cochin. And I have picked Rich no, I picked Richmond by six points. Ooh. With no certainty. That might change. <laughs> Trent Cochin back in. Wow. You would sure hope that they're not bringing them back in too early, Trent Cochin. Um, well, that's what I'm thinking too, but you look at they're what gonna North, manage him over this next little bit. So well you would think. You look at what North did with Cunnington and Siebel on back to back weeks, put them in underdone and within a quarter they re injured themselves. Um so, yeah, just yeah. be careful. Believe me, as Essendon supporters, still reeling with how we dealt with Joey Danaher, don't bring back his superstars <laughs> too early, right? Premierships don't do aren't, it. Premierships, even in 2020, aren't one in July, right? They won't even be one in September this year, right? Uh, or November, whenever it is. <laughs> yeah, whenever it is. January 2021, who knows? But, okay. Um, the Demons... And the power. Oh, I should mention Caleb Daniel on your milestone. Congratulations. Doing it for us short guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> short guys representation. Appreciate it. Uh, D's the power at the Gabba on Thursday night. Ooh, this one potential danger game for Port Adelaide. I just don't think Melbourne are good enough going inside 50 yet to seriously challenge Port, which is why I'm tipping Port by 20 points, let's say. Charlie Dixon to come out and uh, ragdoll the Stephen May-led Melbourne defence. I think Port Adelaide will be smarting after their loss to uh, St Kilda. I'm backing them to bounce back and bounce back hard. Yep. How about that for a matchup? Dixon versus May. Someone's going to get hit. Possibly <laughs> both of them at the same time. They're just going to hit each other. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Friday night doubleheader at Optus Stadium. Is this? I thought the Carlton Hawthorne game got moved. It was. It was originally on Thursday. Now it's on Friday night. Ah, oh, right. Okay, fair enough. So Friday night football, uh, Carlton v Hawthorne. This could very well be the first time outside of a preseason game where the Blues and Hawks haven't met in either Melbourne or Launceston. But it's Carlton v Hawthorne at Optus Stadium. Uh, Carlton by five goals. Oh, oh, wow. Way to dig the boots in. Rub salt wounds. That's all I can yes, say. Yes, I know. Thanks. They hurt. Um, <laughs> now, nah, how many more chances do I give them? Surely Hawthorne's got to bounce back. But I like the way Carlton are going about things. And, uh, yeah, Paddy Cripps might need to watch out this week. I reckon they might. Uh, they, they did mention that he was getting targeted a fair bit last weekend. But I dare say that, uh, yeah, I... I I don't know. It's going to be a battle of the midfields, that's for sure. Um, yep. And Harry Mackay returns. Mitch McGovern stay, is out with for two to three. Yep. Um, when I'm saying two to three, that's two to three weeks. So that's probably four to five games. Um, so, oh, depends on what Hawthorne does with their team too. That'll be an interesting one to see what happens. But I'm picking. I'm picking Hawthorne. I'm, I've got to stay loyal. 
I'm loyal to a fault. And it affects my footy tipping, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, I've got, I am behind. Uh, my dad and I have a have a football competition that he and I own together, and dad is crushing me at the moment. And so, um, gotta, gotta catch up. Uh, Essendon v Brisbane at Metricon Stadium on Friday night. Normally, I would also tip Essendon with blind faith, but it's not so much how poorly Essendon are going, it's just how great Brisbane are at the moment. Uh, yeah, slingshot football is awesome, isn't it? Yes, so good. And really, they just look to the middle of, every single time. It's so good. It's so damaging. Outside of round one v Hawthorne and one bad quarter against Geelong, third quarter at the SCG, they have been nearly flawless this season, Brisbane, which is why yep. they'll win this game. It'll be close, but Brisbane by. 15 points. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Um, I like what Essendon are doing at times, but I just think Brisbane are... I, I seriously just watch... I just want to watch Brisbane play. I want to watch Brisbane play. I want to watch St Kilda play. I want to watch Carlton play at the moment. And to be honest, that's what's keeping me involved in footy. Yep. Thank goodness for your podcast. <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what, this uh, first game on Saturday uh, won't have your interest then. North versus Adelaide at Metricon Stadium. Battle for the wooden spoon, perhaps. Um, who cares, Cup? Yeah, the Who Cares Cup. I'm going for the Crows. Are they playing this one? Is this one going into the into the USA as well? Uh, I sure hope not. Please don't. <laughs> uh, I'm going North Melbourne for no other reason. That they've got to get another one on the board soon, don't they? Yeah. Well, streaks have to end just, sooner rather than later. Yeah. The Crows are on an 11-game losing streak, though. Yeah. What is it? Owen, what are they up to? What's Owen Wilson coming out to now? Owen uh, 8? Uh, 8. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think eight. it's going to be, I think it'll be Owen 9 come mid-afternoon Saturday. Yeah, that's fair enough. I remember this meme less said that about went this, around. Less said about that game. I was going to say, less said about that game, the better. I agree. Point. I remember a meme that was going around back when Fremantle had their terrible season in 2016 when they lost their first 10 games of the season and I remember yep. there was a meme where like Ross Lyons trying to book like a, a, a hotel stay um, and the receptionist is saying like sorry uh, Ross but your team doesn't meet the requirements to stay here and the hotel is called Four Points so there you go um, <laughs> the internet is a beautiful you, place the internet is a beautiful you, place Look, the internet, is a, the internet is a beautiful place. I wish I could take credit for that, but I'm not that clever. St. Kilda versus Sydney, the Pride game. Um, here's an interesting point. St. Kilda haven't beaten Sydney since 2012. Which that is will change enough. on Saturday night. Uh, I think this is Saturday twilight, this game, but it's at the Gabba. What did I say? Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. Sorry, Saturday twilight, Saturday night. By It'll 7 o'clock, Saturday we'll night see somewhere. that change. Yeah, it'll be Saturday night somewhere in the world. It'll be Saturday night in, in Auckland. There you go. And this game will be on. Very good. Um, Sydney haven't lost to the Saints since the year that they've lost won the Premiership. Um, they've had the wood on the Saints and they've crushed St. Kilda in almost every single game since then. It's been an annihilation just one after the other, after the other, after the other. Most notably right. last year, round 23, when we said goodbye to four of our favourite sons. Uh, it will continue. The upset will happen. The Swans will beat the Saints again in a close one this time by 11 points. 
Brett Ratman's almost coach of the year for mine at this point in time. I am backing St Kilda to win and St Kilda to win well. Max King up forward. Uh, the Jacks throughout the lineup. Um, too many to name. I'm backing them and, and backing them to win really well. Tim Membry up forward. Seriously. Sydney don't have a key forward. Sam Reed is just coming back from injury. They shut Papley down. They shut Papley out of the game. They will win that and win that really well. The only colours in the rainbow that's going to matter on Saturday Twilight is going to be red and white. Even though white's not in the rainbow, it's going to be red and white. You beat me to it. There's no white in the rainbow, mate. (laughs) Well, there's no black either, but we'll move on to Saturday night football. After Stadium, Perth gets its time to shine again, unless it's going to be torrential raining again. West Coast versus Geelong. It probably will. The Eagles versus the Cats. Jeez, uh, West Coast looks scary. West Coast looks really scary. Uh, just the midfield combination is just working so well, so efficiently. That being said, though, there's always a game that they drop at home every single year. They, I can't remember the last time that they've gone perfect at home. Um, and I don't think they will this year. Or they might this year, depending on who they play. But they will win this week. Uh, they'll win a close one. Actually, no. Do you know what? They won't win a close one. Eagles by seven goals. Why not? West Coast by seven goals. It will be a crushing. Yeah. I'm backing the Eagles to win by at least five. Geelong after a hard night last, uh, what, Monday night uh, in the wet and all that sort of stuff. They recover. They're on a five-day break. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, we know how much Chris Scott loves those five-day breaks. Um <laughs> They still they still don't have Ablett. They still don't have Selwood, from what I understand. Hawkins out now as well. Um, no no ruck. Yeah, they'll get absolutely towed up by Nat Nui and, and Co. Um, yeah, West Coast for mine by at least five goals, at a minimum. Sunday afternoon football at Metricon Stadium. Gold Coast returns home. To face off against the fellow expansion team, is it too? Is it too late? Is, is it? Is it still? It's it gone too long. To call them expansion teams, I'll call them expansion teams anyways until a new expansion team comes. Uh, Gold Coast at GWS at Metricon Stadium. Um, the Suns have been more impressive, therefore they will get their first win against their fellow expansion team since 2014. The Suns will win by 19 points. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Stewie Jew would probably be the other candidate for coach of the year at this point in time of the season. If they're going to play finals football, they need to win this one and they need to win this one well. I would say that the Suns will win it because they've got their home fans there. Although I am liking the look of one number seven for the Giants, a Lockie Ash, uh, Shepard and Boy. Um, as you know, I like highlighting uh, some local hmm. talent from up my way. Um, they just had a nice story on him on the local news service tonight. So uh, I am liking the look of what Aki Ash is doing, but I think the Suns will win this one, and I reckon they'll win by at least two to three goals. I like it. I like it. The Suns look really good, and all of a sudden life is the beautiful suns, on the Gold Coast. The Suns are rising, aren't they? Oh, my God. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You beat me to a terrible pun. Nicely done. Thank you. 
Sunday night football, Sunday twilight football, uh, Perth, once again, the Dockers and the Magpies. Uh, I think this one will be closer than what a lot of people think just because of Collingwood's injuries. Um, Fremantle will be hurting after their terrible performance on Monday night. Uh, they won't win, but Collingwood will only win by four goals. Goodness me. Um, I'm at the other point of a who cares on this one. I'm struggling to see. I'm not liking what happened with Collingwood. Yeah, they played some terrible football, but Pendlebury's out for two to three weeks. Howe's out for eight to ten. Tagoe's out for eight to ten. Um, Tom Langdon's out indefinitely with a knee. Uh, they've lost Will Kelly, Travis Varco's, and to be confirmed. Nothing's going right for Collingwood at the moment. And yet Fremantle's got an injury list as long as your arm. So go figure. Nat Which isn't Fife that much is... considering how short my arms are. But yeah, no, I get what you're okay. saying. You get what I'm saying. Uh, Nat Fife is a test on the injury list at this point in time. If they get him in, I'm almost backing Fremantle, but I don't think I can definitively. So I'm going Collingwood by a point. Ooh, a thriller on Sunday night. It will be like, what, 15 points to 14? Final siren? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> immediately after that, immediately after that game, round ten starts. Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs at the Adelaide Oval on Monday night. Uh, both of these teams are flying. Port Adelaide are at home, home ground advantage. And yes, I know the Dogs beat them last year, but that was because they were playing in a swamp. And Port Adelaide were, I think, coming off of they were inconsistent last year port they're more consistent this year which is why they'll beat the bulldogs by 23 points on exposed form you've got to go with port adelaide but the dogs will want to not be disgraced because if the dogs get disgraced in that game they can pretty much drop completely out of the finals race and i don't wow based on my top eight Based on my top eight selection before, I don't want that happening. So if they can, if the dogs can keep that to what a goal or two, I'd be very happy. Yep. But I'm picking Port. Yep. Me too. The Portress might be back. Brisbane v Richmond Metricon Stadium, Tuesday night football. Uh, again, on form, you go with the Lions. You know, the Lions yep. versus the Tigers, Kings of the Jungles, even though Lions aren't in jungles and we're on the Savannah. Kings of the Jungle slash Savannah hybrid environment. Uh, Brisbane to win on exposed form. You know, the Rafiki or whatever his name is, is going to do the whole circle of life thing and hold up Dane Zorko because he's probably the smallest player that Brisbane has. Um, and therefore, Brisbane... Lucky deal. Oh, it's lucky, lucky deal small. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're close. Clutching um, at straws. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane will win by about three goals. Did Brisbane lose to Richmond at the, to the Gabba last year to knock them out of the uh, knock them out of the finals? Uh, no, that was the week before they got knocked out. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Thing, but they got compre- comprehensively beaten in um, last last season. I think did. in the last final series. I think the Brisbane Lions have been waiting for this game to, to pay them back and pay yep. them back in spades. Yep. Harris Andrews will shut down Tom Lynch if Tom Lynch actually plays. Um, yep. Rumours going around that he's going to be, well, he's out, that far out of form. That Him and Rewald have been watching video of how good they actually are to try and get their form up and about 
Um, wow. That's what they've resorted to at Richmond at this point in time. Um, so I'm backing, yeah, Brisbane. I don't know what it is. I just like what they're doing. Um, I've probably mentioned a few times, but put it this way, I think I'm drooling now that I'm talking about Brisbane too much. Well, we'll stop the drool and we'll move on to Thanks. yet another possible who cares game. Geelong versus North Melbourne. Geez, Geelong's getting a good run of games at the moment. But the Cats and the Kangas, who do I think is going to win this game? Uh, I don't know. Do I think the sun's going to rise tomorrow morning? Yes, I do. Do I think that the sky is blue? Yes, I do. Except in places in uh, over where the monsoon is because it's constantly grey at the moment. But that's besides the point. Or in Perth because it's constantly raining. But Geelong will win in a landslide. It will be a 79-point win. Not an 80-point win because that's too much. But a 79-point win. You started talking about the cats and the kangas. I thought it was cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. But anyway. Um... <laughs> Should be cats. It should be cats and the kangas and the wooden spoon. Boom. Snap. Don't know if Geelong will get that far down. But anyway, um, yeah, Geelong. Yep. At this yep. point in time. Uh, that night, though, how good is this one, though? They're going to play a game Wednesday night football at Adelaide Oval between Adelaide and Melbourne. Oh, it's a barn burner. Oh, Look my out. Four. Geez, I tell you what, I hope that they broadcast this game into the US. <laughs> if there's a game that Adelaide are going to win, it's this one. Has to be. I'm, I'll be honest. If there's a game that Adelaide are going to win, they will win this one, and they'd win it by about a goal. Wouldn't this be such a typical Melbourne game to lose? Yeah, Losing to exactly. the best team in the competition. Um, yep. Like out They'll of the... go and drink their red wine and just sulk all the way through. Yep. And eat throw their... their cheeses at the TV. <laughs> eat their French cheeses. Um, Mel... French cheeses. Out of, out of the 18 teams their in fromage. the competition. We oui, la fromage. Out of the 18 teams in the competition, the two that you would probably expect to lose to the worst team in the comp would be Essendon number one, and we barely got past and Melbourne number yep. two, and Essendon at the moment are playing better than Melbourne, only just, which is why Melbourne will lose this game, and I think the Crows will be on a hot streak here. They'll win two in a row, Adelaide. I'm going for one in a row. <laughs> the comeback to finals starts now. You've heard it here first. Oh, please. Yeah, turn it up. <laughs> uh, bet I'm, I'm picking Adelaide too. Yep. Doubleheader on Thursday night football. Collingwood versus Sydney at the Gabba. Uh, this game is almost always close. Collingwood haven't convincingly beaten this once in years. I can't remember the last time Collingwood's beaten Sydney outside of Melbourne. Uh, oh, sorry, that's a lie. They won there at the SCG last year. But this isn't at the SCG, and Sydney have a terrible record at the SCG. Um, but still, Collingwood, they can't drop this game. Surely not. Surely not. Uh, if they do, there's something wrong with them. But they'll win. In a close game, they'll win by two points. Yeah. Collingwood. Who do I like less at the moment? Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's true. That's true. That's true. Just being honest. Collingwood winning three to one. Not three goals to one, three points to one. Um, <laughs> Gold Coast, St. Kilda. Also on Thursday Night Football, Metricon Stadium. This is a good game. I can't wait for this it's match. Gonna be a sh sh yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. 
electrifying. The Saints have broken Gold Coast Hearts three games in a row. Will it be four in a row? No, it won't. The Suns to win by... Sixteen points. I'm going St Kilda by two points. The Battle of the Kings. Oh, the Battle of the Kings! I forgot about that. I love it. The Battle <laughs> of the Kings. Ah, oh, so good. Now nah, I reckon they're going to kick five goals each, and I reckon the Saints win by two points. Jeez, oh, that would be a great game of football. Oh, it would be so I feel great. Sorry for the family. <laughs> it would be so great if we get a Gold Coast v St Kilda Grand Final multiple oh. times in the 2020s and 2030s. Oh, it would be so good. It would be so okay. good. Can you imagine the Kings playing for the same team? Oh, my God. Nah. Like, I'll take them with Hawthorne. Give them, give them the next 10 premierships Before you can get in through this. <laughs> well, hey, we need them more than, you know, we have injured Joe Danaher and an absent Mitch well, you, Brown because he's had, gone to Melbourne. You had the opportunity to get rid of Joe Danaher last year and actually get a forward. That's true. But Sydney, <laughs> Sydney... Look, right, I hate seeing Essendon and <laughs> It's like having children that you love, but you love one of them just slightly more than the other one. And yet, it's the one that you love less that always beats their sibling to a pulp, typically. Ah, oh, dear. Which All is, right, last game. Last game. I've blabbered, blabbered on too long. Speaking of the Bombers, Bombers v Giants. Uh, Essendon haven't gone that well against the Giants outside of Sydney the last few years. 2018 was the exception, but GWS are just going so poorly. The Bombers will win this and win this comfortably. 30 points. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Um, hopefully you get a couple of stars back in, in that regard as well, but mm. I'm, I reckon Essendon will win this one and win it pretty comfortably to be perfectly honest. And uh, yeah, Carlton, Hawthorne, Fremantle, and West Coast get the bye. Yep. So no football for the Blues, the Hawkers, Wet Toast, and the Dock Workers. They will not be playing this week. Uh, to finish off the podcast, though, who do you think is going to come out of this short sprint, the best in the best position to launch for finals football? I reckon one of the teams that we've been talking about pretty much the whole podcast: Brisbane, St Kilda. Um, Carlton, Port Adelaide. I think one of those four, like those four sides, I reckon they're poised and they've got the right people in the right places at the moment as well. So I like them. I'm backing them in. Give me more of those games, please, because I think they're doing a fantastic job. I what do you reckon? Who do you reckon is going to come out of it? Uh, the two Queensland teams, because if I'm, yep. unless I'm mistaken, I don't think they travel. Um, so okay. that would be awesome for them. Uh, because New South Wales, who knows, with the coronavirus situation in Sydney, um, they, they probably won't be a lot of football played in that city for 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 the rest of the season. Victoria obviously ruled out for the rest of the home and away season. Um, I'm getting more sold on the idea of a, of a Gabba grand final too. Yep. Um, yep. Purely and simply because West uh, the West Coast, Western Australian Premier is not chasing it. He said, yep. mentioned that this weekend. So... Um, I'm yeah getting more and more sold on a Gabba Grand Final, so I'm I, I'm okay with that to be perfectly honest. Yep, I'm all there. And if there Brisbane for are there, even if better. Brisbane are there, so be it. Even better. I don't care. And yep. I tell you what, imagine a Q Clash Grand Final this year. Uh, I don't Gabba. see it this year. I don't Ooh. see it this year. But imagine though. Oh, oh so I think good. it would be awesome. Be electrifying. Brisbane well, we haven't seen it. By like we haven't points. seen a we haven't seen a derby or a. Um, or a 
showdown or one of those sort of grand finals yet. So That's true. Yeah. We came very close in 2015, but then you or Hawks had to go and do what Hawthorne did best back then. We beat West Coast. Yep. Crushed the Eagles. Wasn't even close. And then smashed Frio. How about that, Jack Darling, for dropping the mark again? Jeez Louise. Somebody get oh him a better gosh. pair of hands. Get him some gloves. Get him. I, Travis I don't Clark. Get, put, Can you get some gloves to it? Put super glue on his hands. Do something. But, splat. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you. With that splat, uh, we'll end the podcast. Um, thank you. Splat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, MVD, for joining me for this week's episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Good luck for the Hawks. I hope they lose. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Hope Essendon gets smacked too. You pain in the neck. Glad you through the. I'm glad I can't see you right because I'll be knocking you through the window. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, oh, give me a spell. Don't yell at me, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, no, all the best, Casper. Hope it all you. goes well. Be safe, thank mate. You. Look after yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, be safe to you guys out there. Do the right thing. Mask up. Yeah, absolutely. If you Saves the rest of us. If you don't wear a mask, then you are a bloody idiot. But thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. And with that insult, I say see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye.